At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Keep it rolling here on the Nightcap alongside Scott Seidenberg. I am Tim Murray. It is our number two. Last week, we started our summer conditioning workouts. We had a long 4th of July weekend. We need to get back in yeah, the gym. Yeah, do a little bit more of those We need to get back yeah. into the conditioning, and here we are. <laughs> we are back conditioning today, and we head to the north, the NFC North, and we start with the Minnesota Vikings and no better person to talk Vikings than the voice of the Vikings. Paul Allen at PA on the mic. He joins us right now. Paul, appreciate the time. Um, I I know I should start with Kirk Cousins, but I'm just curious uh, with the with the additions to the defense. You know, they went secondary heavy. Andrew Booth, uh, Lewis Seen out of uh, I think it was out of Michigan. So you bring in these pieces. How much do you like what? The Vikings have done. They all, they brought in Zadarius Smith from you know the rival Packers. So defensively, how much better, in your opinion, has this Vikings defense gotten this offseason? Uh, good evening, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> good to meet you guys, Lewisine, Georgia. Ain't Georgia. no big deal. Um, no, you you first and foremost the the metaphor you hit on July fifth, <clears throat> where it's like Fourth of July is is behind people. That that's actually how it works in the NFL. I mean. NFL players, for the most part, when the 4th of July is over, man, they're like, all right, deep breath, got to get that body right for training camp, so you nailed that. And secondly, you you also started with the team's A topic because, you know, when, when, when the coach comes in from the McVay tree and, you know, he was well-respected in the hiring circle and now getting to know him, he's just a really happy-go-lucky, super smart guy, so is Wes Phillips. Bum's grandkid, the um, uh, the offensive coordinator, and Chris Cooper, <clears throat> the offensive line coach, came from Denver. So I just met him. Keenan McCardell, still the wide receivers coach. So I mean, so so I'm familiar with him. But with Cousins, Cook, Jefferson, Thielen, the return of Irv Smith Jr., Darisaw, <clears throat> and O'Neill as your bookending tackles, that that has to be a constant. So the A topic for the team is switching to a three-four base defense for the first time in 40 years. And with Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter, if you can get them to play 85, 90% of the games and they don't get hurt, you have a legit chance to get to the Super Bowl because they will protect, you know, a secondary that, that has Patrick Peterson near the end, 
Chandon Sullivan's new to the team. And Andrew Booth Jr., I think, will start against Green Bay, and he's a rookie. So that's going to need some protection. Uh, you nailed the A topic. As far as the head coach is concerned, uh, there is a lot of hype you mentioned around Kevin O'Connell. He is considered one of the uh, smart, one of the cerebral type guys, an analytics-driven head coach. Uh, you mentioned you, you've gotten to know him a little bit. What's the overall sense from what he's going to bring to this team? Uh, is it going to be more of this, these analytical-driven uh, decisions? Is it more of an, atta- an a downfield attacking style offensively? What, what sense are you getting for the start of the Kevin O'Connell era? Well, I mean, it, you know, I, I think the players and or coaches wouldn't be offended uh, with, with me putting it this way. But, you know, I, I've seen doing this for 20 years. Um, I've seen through multiple regimes this time of the year when you have good players and, and you got a positive vibe, everybody's great to talk to because the games don't count. And it's like that. It's like that in training camp. Then you play the preseason games and you know, then all of a sudden things have to tighten up and will tighten up positively or negatively because the games count. Uh, With Kevin, it's the, the, the early impression with Kevin to me is that he doesn't always have to have the right answer. It's not a bang my hand on the fist or bang my fist on the desk and be like, you know, it's my way or the highway. You know, in fact, I'm, I'm quite positive. There were some people he probably wanted in the draft and somehow collaborative uh, from a collaboration standpoint, they took somebody else, you know, and he was cool with it. Uh, so anyway, just the, the collaboration of, of the way things are working with all these new people and new players, it's, you know, I'm an old dog, man, and I'm being taught a new trick, and I really enjoy it. We're talking once again to Paul Allen at PA on the mic, the voice of the Vikings. Um, you know, Paul, I spent... My whole life in D.C. was in the D.C. media, so I, I got a whole lot of the Kirk Cousins uh, saga, and I know it's kind of carried over to Minnesota. Never really understood why there was so much vitriol uh, to Kirk outside of he just gets paid a lot of money, and I don't think that's his fault. Um, that said, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him to, pr- to deliver and to kind of get over that hump. When you bring in Kevin O'Connell, who was his quarterback's coach for a year before he went to Minnesota, when you bring in Wes Phillips, who was the tight ends coach in Washington, I think pretty much the entire tenure of Kirk's starting time in Washington, how beneficial do you think this is for the quarterback to bring in two coaches that he knows very well from his time in Washington? I mean, I mean, you know more about it than me, man. And, um, Shout out to the D.C. Anacostia area uh, where I grew up by RFK Stadium. And um, back to the Redskins days with Billy Kilmer, Charlie Taylor, and uh, Chris Hamburger. So shout, shout out to the old schoolers. Secondly, it, Kirk never had a chance in Washington. He just never had a chance because the defense never meshed with the offense. And the dysfunctional nature of the entire organization clearly permeated itself in a way where it was very difficult to, to win at a high level. So I look back at those days as he just never had a chance. So he gets here in 2018, uh, the new offensive coordinator, John DiFilippo, a a guy I like, but he was the shiny toy from Philly off the Super Bowl year in the Philly special, you know, and it it worked out so badly that DiFilippo didn't even make the the first year of a two or three year deal. And then Kevin Stefanski became offensive coordinator and held it and then became head coach, obviously. But so therefore, if the coordinator is getting fired during the year and the quarterback is herky jerky, 
being a racetrack guy, I, I draw a line through that race. It just, you, you have to. So then you go to 19. He was fantastic. They win a playoff game, run into a Niners team that almost won the Super Bowl. Then you go to 2020 and, and the secondary that year had so many players playing in it, excuse me, due to injury that, that will never play in the league again. They just had no chance. I mean, it, Alvin Kamara went for six touchdowns on Christmas. It was just ridiculous. So he never had a chance there that no matter what the situation was offensively, they were not going to overcome that. So then we go to last year, they don't make the playoffs. I'm telling you to a man, because I've called all of his games here, is when, when this team was losing super close games in the final minute and a half, and there were like eight of them, they're not in those eight. If Cousins isn't just good, he went lights out in the final six minutes of games and, and even won one in Charlotte in, in overtime, front left of the end zone to uh, K.J. Osborne. So, like, we came charging at Arizona thanks to Kirk, lost on a missed field goal. Uh, same thing against the Ravens, stuff like that. Cousins was terrific last year. He was cold-blooded. And with O'Connell, he's going to have the best season of his career, even if it's not 4,200 yards. It's just going to have a more cold-blooded feel to it with terrific options. And um, so to answer your question, man, it's nothing but good. Paul, what's your assessment of this schedule? You got the AFC East and the NFC East in crossover games and uh, no trips out West for the Vikings. Right. I don't have it in front of me, uh, but um, at first blush, I liked that that London game is early and, and O'Connell, the the head coach, you know, he didn't want to buy after that. So I'm pretty sure when we go to London, man, you know, like when we went there in 2013 and, and beat big Ben at Wembley, uh, we were at a little cottage called the Grove, like on the outskirts of London, and it was unbelievably cool with bunkers and and vast forest and thickness where they had like bunkers from uh, from World War II where people would hide, and it was just, I just never seen anything like it. It was unbelievable. Uh, but I think you know, so we were there a week. But I mean, if we don't have a bye after the Saints game, then that means we'll probably treat it like a normal road trip and get there just a little bit early, go in there, beat the saints and then come back after the game. So that that's another direction that, that he has taken with the GM Quasi Adolfo Mensa that is antithetical to the, the previous two regimes uh, with whom I went to London. Um, so, you know, the, the, they'll beat green Bay in the home opener. Uh, and that that's not like shoe size contest, Minnesota, green Bay trash talking is Rodgers lost his bailout guy. Now, he's HOF, and they're going to be good, and they should be favored to win the division. But when you lose the greatest bailout guy of anybody in the NFL, and that was Devontae from Aaron, well, that, that's going to take a while. And, and if you're going to put a rookie in the spot, then that's not going to work. Sammy Watkins, we'll see if that works. So that's going to take a while for them. The Vikings have unpredictability and and deception on their side early in the season because nobody has seen this offense mm. or defense Good with point. these players. Good point. When they get three games of film, now you now you gotta correct what, what they come at. But you know, it, it's not like this is a redo with with no talent. Yeah, and to back up your point on Rodgers, look, he's not going to play in the preseason, so that week one might be just like his preseason I, game, and we saw it last year when they lost to the Saints down in Jacksonville. When, when, when did that come out? 
No, I'm just saying that's – well, he didn't do it last year. I assume he's not going to play much oh, yeah. again this year. Oh, he, well, you know what? I mean, the fact that he didn't he, he didn't go to OTA surprised me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if he doesn't take any snaps in preseason without Devontae, and then it's just going to be three st- third and six, three-step, fire, hit the guy on the slant, you know, because he got his body right like Devontae, good luck to him. Yeah. Uh, he's unbelievable. I mean, he, he's I you know he's a fantastic player. But God bless him and good luck to him. All right, Vikings Week One, I'm on it. Paul, great stuff. <laughs> we appreciate it, and uh, we'll certainly be talking to you too. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Sorry about the macaroni uh, salad <laughs> caught my throat. God bless you guys. Go V Sin. Go Uncle Brent. Go Mitch and Polly. And um, talk to y'all soon. There he is, Paul Allen. <laughs> At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Visit vcin.com to learn more. This is the Nightcap on vcin, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms, conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Alongside Scott Seidenberg, I'm Tim Murray. Thanks to Paul Allen. Yeah. He was great. Uh, and he, he even joked, you know, before the air, you know, before going on air, we, we talked to him a little bit. He had uh, sounded like a little macaroni salad stuck in the throat. Yeah. It's nothing worse than trying to talk. And I remember I did, I used to do uh, morning updates uh, for a radio station in DC. And I, during the break, I ate a bunch of almonds mm. and I got them just stuck in my throat. I couldn't even finish the update. I just, I had to, <laughs> just had to hit the mic off. I was like, I'm out. I can't, I can't do it anymore. But Paul, uh, might have just uh, given us the greatest send-off of all time. Mm-hmm. Go Vison, go Uncle Brent, go Mitch and Paul. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of love. <laughs> well, go Paul Paul Allen. I appreciate his stuff. And he also likes betting the Twins he likes the bet, White Sox. He likes betting the Twins. It's a blind bet, mm-hmm. essentially. So he's uh, And apparently he's a, he's a horse bet, uh, race uh, better, too. So uh, there you go. Um, but... You know, hearing him talk about Kirk Cousins, now he's the voice of the Vikings. Mm-hmm. 
But I'll be honest, man. He seems to be the type of guy that is that's pretty honest, right? He was pretty honest about the secondary play. And I've never fully understood, and I mentioned this to Paul, and the, the just the venom out there around Kirk Cousins. Like, yeah. yeah, he's a goofball, and you know, he's he's done some. I don't know. I mean, he's never really done anything too bad, um, and his numbers are good. And it and to hear Paul Allen put it in the way that he did it, which was that in these close games, Kirk didn't play good; he played great. That I think opened my eyes as much because I used to, you know, I watched basically his first, I don't know, 70 games very, very closely. And now that he's in Minnesota, not as as nearly as much. What is your take on this Vikings team? And we'll get into the odds and, you know, but right now, win total set at nine to make the playoffs. It's basically a pick them, miss or make the playoffs. Um, To win the NFC North at DraftKings is plus 275, NFC 20 to one, Super Bowl 50 to one. What is your... Uh, analysis and thoughts on this Vikings team because I'll tell you what, that start of the schedule is is no cinch, right? Home to the Packers, at the Eagles, there'll be a dog there. Home to the Lions, maybe a better Lions team than we've seen, and then London mm-hmm. against New Orleans. Well, I do think, uh, you know, thinking about that week one against the, the Packers, I think they do have a real great opportunity there because – I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to play a lot in the preseason. And we saw it last year, right? He doesn't really play in the preseason and comes in and that week one is almost like a preseason game. And the Packers got wiped out. So I think we could see something similar, you know, from the Packers coming in this year with Aaron Rodgers, although there is that uncertainty of what the team is going to look like without Devontae Adams. So I do like the Vikings in that week one matchup. Uh, and yeah, you know, against home the, dog. Yeah. And against the Eagles, Monday night football will be tough going to Philadelphia. The London game will be tough, although they are better than the Saints, so they should beat the Saints. I like this Vikings team a lot. I really do. Um, I like the head coach. Uh, I, I, I was, I've been around Kevin uh, O'Connell when he was Mark Sanchez's backup with the Jets. Um, and then I believe he transitioned to become a quarterback's coach there with the Jets before going on to other, other coaching careers, um, coaching stops. So, I, I, I think this team is a playoff team. I think this is a team that can compete for this division if the Packers have any bit of a slip, which there there is got to be some uncertainty with the Packers. I know it's Aaron Rodgers, and I know that he's one of the greatest of all time, but losing Devontae Adams is big, and this team might go through a transition, although we are talking about a team and a head coach that became, what, the first to win 13 or more games in three consecutive seasons. Yeah, 13 and 3, 13 and 3, 13 and 4 in that last, you know, regular season game. Uh nobody played. You know, we'll get into the Packers later this week obviously. The Packers defense I think is I don't know if it's underrated. Uh people aren't talking about it nearly enough because of well, Aaron Rodgers is yeah. the starting quarterback and the two-time, you know, reigning MVP. Um uh, and Devontae Adams is gone and and who is he going to be throwing to? He's got two rookies that are expected to make major contributions, but that defense is really good. They spent two first-round picks on uh, defensive players in Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker. But for Minnesota, as Paul alluded to, you know this Minnesota team has slowly started to plug their, plug their you know, put the bubble gum on, on the bottom of the hole with, the, with, with holes in it because they went out and they got defense. Lewis seen, you know, the safety out of Georgia. They got Andrew Booth through once upon a time was thought to be a lock for first round. Yep. Then injury concerns dropped him into the second. You look at the offense, 
Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne. I mean, those are threats as, as good of a trio as mm-hmm. there is in the NFL. You bring back, uh, you know, Irv Smith off of injury, and you've got Kirk Cousins. Oh, by the way, now it's a big if. You still have Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Yep. Dalvin Cook is an absolute beast. Injuries are always an issue with their with uh, with Dalvin Cook, and then you bring in a young, innovative mind who, oh by the way, does have familiarity with Kirk Cousins. Twenty seventeen, he was the quarterbacks coach in Washington. That was Kirk's last season in Washington. The OC Wes Phillips, twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen in Washington. So fourteen to seventeen with Kirk Cousins when Kirk was the starting quarterback. Wes Phillips was the tight ends coach. So they know this quarterback. And that's kind of been the issue with Kirk Cousins. He's a guy that likes, you know, a, some comfort zone. And now you get Kevin O'Connell as opposed to, you know, a dinosaur of a head coach that they had, uh, you know, last year. So it, it's a, you know, going from Mike Zimmer to Kevin O'Connell seems to be, a, a in my opinion, a big-time upgrade You've got offensive-minded offensive head coach, but they went defense in the draft knowing that they've got to better themselves if they want an opportunity. I think this is a dangerous team, Scott, and the win total at nine, you've seen a little bit of uptick. I think it opened eight and a half in a lot of places. The schedule's challenging. You look at you know Warren Sharp, how he broke it down. It's about middle of the pack, I think 16th based off of preseason win totals, um, but it gets pretty light at the end of the season. So if you get off to a hot start here, if you're able to, let's say, go, I mean, honestly, Scott, if they're one and one out of the shoot, you're in good shape with the Minnesota Vikings because now it's proving to me, okay, they're capable of either beating the Packers head-to-head or going on the road in a daunting environment and beating the Philadelphia Eagles. So if this Vikings team starts one and one I think you're looking at a hell of a season ahead for the Vikings back to the playoffs more likely than not. Uh, like they were two years ago. I think they are a playoff team. And I'm just trying to think of the other teams around the NFC that would be in contention for, let's say they don't win the division. Yeah. Which, listen, the division could. They're around plus 275 to win it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a longer shot. It could absolutely happen. Now, if you're looking at the uh, possibilities of being a wild card team in the NFC, mm-hmm. right? Maybe, maybe a second NFC East team. I think maybe, it's possible. Yeah, maybe. I, mean, I think okay. Dallas, uh, Dallas, you know, certainly Dallas, Dallas and is, Philly. Dallas and Philly would make a lot of sense uh-huh. um, to to both make it to the postseason. Outside chance for Washington over under on them is okay. eight wins. So maybe a second team, probably a second team from the NFC West, right? A lot of people are high on the 49ers. I, I think the Cardinals might take a, draw, a step back. Seahawks are taking a step back. Seahawks are taking a step back. But, you know, last year, both the Cardinals and the 49ers were playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Who's coming out of the NFC South outside of the Buccaneers? Saints, maybe maybe the Saints. Saints. I mean that game in in London. Look, I think you and I agree. I think pound for pound, to use a you know a fighting term, I Mm -hmm. think the Vikings are more talented than the New Orleans Saints. What is Michael Thomas this year coming back? You know from injury. What are we going to get from Jameis Winston? Look, Jameis was lighting it up before the torn ACL. New head coach, Mm -hmm. new regime down there. Sean Payton. You think about this, right? And this is no knock on Dennis Allen, but I think most people would say. The Vikings upgraded a head coach. Mike Zimmer out, the old defensive kind of dinosaur type. You bring in the new, innovative Sean McVay tree head coach, and then you get rid of Sean Payton, who, you know, Sean, who sits here every night, thinks of uh, Sean Payton as, I think he thinks he's one of the best offensive minds Mm -hmm. in the game. And now he's gone and Dennis Allen's in. 
I would bet the Vikings minus 105 right now up on DraftKings to make the playoffs. I think they're a playoff team. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, so let me ask you this. If you could find, so right now it's nine. If you could find an eight and a half, well, I would rather I would go, do it. I would rather go over eight and a half than make the playoffs because then you get weird tie break situations. But I think this team is primed to take a step forward. They were eight and nine last year. Yeah. You're telling me that, of course, they can go nine and eight. Sure. But I think ten. I think yeah. I think ten wins, ten and seven. And you look at the you look at the Packers. Took a bit of a step back. I mean, you can't say they didn't. They they got better defensively, but Devontae Adams is gone. Devontae Adams, arguably the best wide receiver yeah. in the game, is no longer with the Green Bay Packers. They're the favorites, rightfully so. But this is a Minnesota team that I think underachieved big time last year. Dealt with some injuries. Got better on defense. Upgraded at at head coach. We're Kirk jerks. We're believing in the Minnesota Vikings. More on the Vikings. Some. Player props for season totals. We'll take a look at those next as we continue our summer conditioning. The Vikings. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Keep it rolling here on the nightcap alongside Scott Seidenberg sitting in for Sean King. I am Tim Murray live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Uh, we just had Paul Allen on earlier this hour, the voice of the Vikings. Uh, Scott and I gave our, our thoughts on win totals for the Minnesota Vikings. Will they make the playoffs? Uh, essentially a pick them. Uh, will they make the postseason? So, you know, to decide what you ultimately you know want to do if you, if you like the Vikings, I, I think a lot of people will will come to that you know belief of well I don't believe in Kirk Cousins, which I mean you know he's he's he certainly had some duds of performances in, in big spots, but if the defense is better, which it, it seems that was an emphasis certainly mm-hmm. you know um, this offseason, Zadarius Smith coming over um, you know from Green Bay. You go and get two pieces to the secondary in the first two rounds of the draft. Pair them with Harrison Smith. Uh, Patrick Peterson always makes me nervous having him as a a regular back there at his at his uh, age. Um, but l- let's look more in depth and let's look at some of the offensive uh, bets that you can make. And we'll start with the running back position. Dalvin Cook last year ran for eleven hundred fifty nine yards in just thirteen games. Averaged four point seven yards per carry. Had six touchdowns on the ground, 89.2 yards. You're over under 1150 and a half touchdowns, nine and a half. I'll say this right here. I don't know if you have a strong take. No thanks. I just, he's so dynamic. If he plays 16 games, 15 mm-hmm. games, he's he's soaring past this. I just, I cannot trust Dalvin Cook's durability. It's it's unfortunate because he's he's such a stud, but you know, when you look at over his career, uh, last year, 13 games, 2020, 14, 2019, 14, 2018, 11, his rookie season, four. He's just always banged up. So I personally just can't bet a total. I wouldn't bet the under because he went over this number last year, Scott, despite the fact only playing 13 games, he's capable of doing it. The injuries are just always my concern with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, the only thing I would maybe consider is the touchdowns, but I I, I really have no interest in betting any of these um, with the fact of his injury concerns. But the the one, you know, more so than the yardage is I can see the touchdowns because there could be, you know, 
even if, let's say, he doesn't play a full season, he could still have multi-touchdown games because he's that dynamic of a player, right? And and all it takes is a couple of goal line scores and pushes you over the edge here, get a little couple of cheapies uh, on, on, on the stat sheet. So I don't hate it, but I wouldn't bet any of these. All right, here's an interesting one. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson prop, 1,350 yards, 1,350 and a half receiving yards. Last year, Justin Jefferson finished second in the NFL, second to only Cooper Cup with 1,616 yards. So was last year the outlier? You know, Adam Thielen missed a, a handful of games due to injury. You know, K.J. Osborne, could he take more pieces away? Uh, Irv Smith Jr., you know, back. Uh, so there, there are new pieces there. Justin Jefferson is a superstar in this league. Uh, I can't believe that you had a trade where both teams are are happy because yeah. Stefan Diggs is flourishing, obviously in Buffalo, and for the dra- the pick that they got for compensation of Stefan Diggs, they got Justin Jefferson, and he's an absolute superstar in the league. Is he going to go for over thirteen fifty? I couldn't bet it under. I mean, he's that good, and mm-hmm. now you bring in a Kevin O'Connell uh, to to utilize this creativity. Where was Kevin O'Connell last year? Oh, Los Angeles where Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cup was. So yeah. uh, I'd have to go over on Justin Jefferson, 1350. He is fourth in the league last year in targets. So when you look at... Uh, 167. 167 targets, just too shy of both uh, Deontay Johnson and Devontae Adams, or else he would have been second in the NFL behind Cooper Cup. So uh, the opportunities were certainly there last year. The opportunities will be there this year. I love going over on Justin Jefferson. I think he's poised to have another great season. And you mentioned the, the Kevin O'Connell factor, I think, only helps the case here. Yeah, and, and and you see right there some odds there. Kirk Cousins win MVP. Justin Jefferson to win Offensive Player of the Year. Remember, that was the award that Cooper Cup won last year. He didn't win MVP, but mm-hmm. he won Offensive Player of the Year. Justin Jefferson sitting at 25 to 1 does the O'Connell magic lead to another player under his uh you know play calling winning offensive player of the year oh i bet you there's been conversations already you know between him and, and Justin Jefferson where it's like you know hey, last year i coached a guy who set all kinds of records and you know i see this possibility for you in my system and and remember this, Adam Thielen's getting older, man. He's 32 now. Mm-hmm. It's be his ninth season. Well, his role has changed. Absolutely. So, yeah. mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I think his role is is a great one. That he's not the the main target, nor should he be. Uh, but Justin Jefferson, you know, for me, once again, uh, it would be I'd be hard pressed to to look at under. Let's get to Kirk Cousins. Forty two hundred yards uh is his over under. Last year was forty two twenty one. You always have to worry about quarterback props. Because of week week eighteen, is he going to be playing that final game? Mm-hmm. Is there a possibility of if they've clinched a playoff berth? Is he sitting out? Uh, looking at the schedule, I believe they conclude they conclude at Chicago, uh, which is a game that you would want him to be playing because Chicago is thought to be not very good this year. But you know, do they beat Green Bay on New Year's Day and he sits out week seventeen or week eighteen? I should say against the Bears. It's always a possibility. It's always a worry, in my opinion. You know for these quarterbacks. So last year, he missed one game, I believe, because of COVID protocols. Kirk Cousins did. Uh, so he played 16 games, 4,221 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. You're looking at 4,200 yards as the prop for passing yards, 31 and a half passing touchdowns, 10 and a half interceptions. 
Of those three, Scott, what intrigues you the most? Give me the under on the interceptions. You know, last year, Cousins... Uh, Seven. Yeah, but four of them came in the final four weeks of the season. So he went his first 12 games with only three interceptions, right? <laughs> he, I mean, there was a time I was talking about him for an MVP candidate when he had, it was like 22 touchdowns and only uh, two interceptions or whatever it was on the season. So uh, as I watched the Dodgers just lose a, a run on terrible base running <laughs> and I have the over in this game and that was out of the corner of my eye I'm like why is he going home and he went home on a ground ball to the pitcher anyway uh, I would go under the 10 and a half interceptions that's that's the move that I would make because like I said he was on a tear last season and threw a couple of picks there in the last four games of the season so he went the majority of the season with only three picks and if you just want to look at it he didn't have his third interception until November 28th so this is a guy that went what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten games with only two interceptions yeah uh I, I would uh, that would be I would, I would lean towards the over on passing yards. You look at the last, you know, his four seasons in Minnesota. He went over forty two hundred in year one, under it in year two, which was actually his best year in the year they made the playoffs. So, you know, maybe you, you could say, well, when they're at their best, when he doesn't have to throw for three four hundred yards, which is fair, and Dalvin Cook is, you know, doing his thing. Twenty twenty over, twenty twenty one over as well. But it's been very close. You know, you're, you're looking at. 98 yards over that, 65 in 2020, and just 21 last year. So not what I love. I, I agree. I, you know, you look back at his Washington days, he was throwing a little bit more picks. He was, you know, maybe being a little too aggressive. Um, you know, people criticize Kirk Cousins for not being aggressive enough. Uh, I think when you bring in this new offensive mind, you know, 10 and a half interceptions. Last year, like you said, just seven. He had 13 in 2020. But as Paul Allen said, his best year was 2019 when they went to the playoffs. They went to New Orleans as a touchdown underdog and won that game. He had only six picks that year. Mm. And I think you bring in a coach that he knows, an offensive coordinator he knows. You look at these weapons that are around him. The offensive line is better. It would be a massive disappointment if Kirk Cousins went over this pro I think something would have gone very wrong for the Vikings. And if we're thinking they're going to have a successful season of those three props, I would agree. I would have to go under on interceptions uh, for Kirk Cousins. Uh, long shots. Kirk Cousins win MVP 50-1. to Justin Jefferson, Offensive Player of the Year, 25-1. to Dalvin Cook, uh, is it 80-1? to I believe it's 25-1 to to win Offensive Player of the Year. Daniil Hunter, Defensive Player of the Year. I would not touch that just because I don't know how many games would be out there. And Kevin O'Connell to win Coach of the Year, 20-1. I don't hate it. I Actually, don't, that I don't one hate intrigues it at all. me. That one intrigues me. Because if they... If they look, they're plus two seventy five to win this division. It's not. It if, would not blow us away if they if win they the, won the division. If they win the division, he's a legit candidate. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think yeah, of you, those, you, I, it's like a correlated bet. So you have plus two seventy five, or you have twenty to one. I take twenty to one. Yeah, and you know, you look at Kirk to win MVP. I think he's going to have a really good year. I, I just don't know if he's going to do enough. And I think, I think Kevin O'Connell recognizes that. The Vikings will be at their best when they're balanced. They don't want Kirk throwing 450 yards per game. I think Kevin O'Connell has a legit shot at 20 to 1. So that of those long shots, yeah. man, we got to disagree more. What, what's going on? We'll, we'll find ways to disagree more. We were too simpatico. It makes me, oh, something's weird. Good thing you're going back to your show tomorrow night. <laughs> I need Sean back to just, 
yell at him throughout the show. I need you to bet on the Reds or something like that tomorrow. All right, college football could look very different soon. The latest on a possible realignment next. This is the Nightcap on Feast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Sin, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, like, I don't know, summer conditioning. Just did that on the Vikings. Premium articles on golf. Shout out Wes Reynolds. UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want that full VEASAN experience which features the daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vsin.com slash summer. Alongside Scott Seidenberg, sitting in for Sean King, I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap. Sean Sean will be back tomorrow. Scott, you have a, uh, what's the total of this Dodgers-Rockies game you're playing? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Four to two. Four it's a home run from the Rockies. Yes. All right. So we're, what, what are we at? Fifth inning? Sixth inning? Top of the sixth. We've got cameras right here, so I yeah. can't see the bottom, the, the score. But uh, all right, let's uh, let's get some more runs out in uh, Chavez. A little Ravine. upset by the Dodgers' terrible base running, costing them a run last inning. <laughs> it's a ground ball. I, I, I understand the idea of the contact play, but like, there's also a thing when you're a runner on third where it's like, make sure it goes past the pitcher. <laughs> the pitcher fielded the ground ball, and you were dead to rights going home. They got you in a rundown. <laughs> um, I, we were just going through that read, and uh, UFC 276 was over the weekend. You know, Izzy winning, going the distance. The favorites parlay crushed it. Crushed it. Well, the, the Sean O'Malley. There was no contest. That's a no contest. Yeah, yeah. That was my worry about the, the favorites parlay. Uh, but I, I do have to... Uh, Adam Hill came on and said, you know, I, I don't understand these odds. It's probably going to backfire, but Brian Barbarena uh, gets it done against uh, Robbie Lawler. They call mm-hmm. it in the second round, so well done there. Uh, yeah, a, a fun card certainly to watch, uh, a great atmosphere, and uh, <laughs> get uh, who showed up ringside, uh, <laughs> like Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon, Triple H. They just had their money in the bank uh, pay-per-view that Aaron was at, so uh, 
uh, yeah, good card. And you're, yeah, decent weekend. Yeah. I, I got a little cute, and I I had the Barbarena, you know, pretty, uh, that was my biggest bet, because multiple well, people on the show really like yeah. Barbarena. But where I got cute was Holloway. I I, I was like, ah, is he really going to lose three times? I mean, Volkanovski just mm. pummeled him. Yeah. Just pummeled him. My, Terrible play. My only my loss was I had Strickland pretty big because a lot of people were on Strickland. Yeah. So I had Strickland pretty big that lost, but I hit the favorites parlay. I did uh, Macy Barber with um, – yes. Uh, I did Macy with Volkanovski and Adesanya, and that came through uh, gloriously. I, I put O'Malley in there also, but it was a no contest for him, so that was fine. And then I did the um, Adesanya by decision, which was cool because, you know, it went the distance, and that was nice. Yeah, I actually had, I forgot, right before the uh, Macy Barber fight started, uh, because Dave loved Macy Barber, but yep. she had become, you know, once again, Listen, you know, to first strike. He was all over that. I think I think he, back in December he he said that Macy Barber uh, was the right side there. So good call by Dave on that one. But she went off like minus three dollars, something ridiculous, and she dominated the fight. And Jessica, I you know, ultimately retired uh, after that. But I did Barber, Izzy, and then I put Strickland in there. Yeah. So, yeah oh well, yeah. it was all right. Yeah, but Barbarina came through. Uh, with the uh, with the victory there, we'll talk to Chris Andrews from the South Point. Uh, we'll get his uh, latest action, how they're uh, approaching the NBA market with all of the rumors out there. Um, but you know, we talked about it a little bit last week, and the rumors just keep on you know floating out there. I think Dennis Dodd uh, confirmed a report from uh, I think it was the Oregonian uh, that uh, that put it out there uh, that. It looks like there could be some sort of partnership between the ACC and the Pac-12. I don't, I don't know what the end game is. The most interesting one to me was Pat Forty's article about Notre Dame, where it seemed almost on Friday, and it still could happen, almost inevitable that Notre Dame would ultimately go to the Big Ten. It doesn't seem like in the immediate future that is ultimately going to happen. Mm. What do you think right now is the next big domino to fall in realignment or do you think it's kind of a waiting so pattern not, right now this is outside of the whole big 12 t- taking in no you can include that okay um yeah i think the pac-12 is gone yeah i think the big 12 will take the big the the, the more prominent schools like we're hearing and the rest will become the mountain west yeah the, the big 12 that's the latest rumor is that you know arizona arizona state which makes a ton of sense for the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oregon, Washington. Utah, Utah, Colorado. I'm not so convinced that Oregon and Washington are heading to the Big 12. I think if they're smart, they kind of wait because ultimately they don't want to be in the Big 12. They want to be in the mm-hmm. Big 10. And I think that is the most likely landing spot. But you got to remember, you know, politics are coming in here and politicians are saying, you know, we don't want the t- state universities separating from one another. So, you know, who knows what ultimately happens you know, how this unfolds. The ACC is kind of interesting. We talked about it last week with, you know, with this, you know, the rights deal and, you know, will they, you know, be able to separate from that ultimately? I know I'm sure some of those schools want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's next for the Big Ten? Are they happy? You think they're happy with 16? You think they want? I don't know. So my question is this. They have 16 right now. They just had a UCLA and USC. The rights are coming up in 2024 where they're going to get paid gajillions. 
Does Oregon and Washington necessarily enhance that rights package that much more? I think they want to add four more teams so they could be a 20-team conference, two 10-team divisions, so they can be called the Big Tens. And they'll have an East and a West, and it'll all make sense for everybody. Two 10-team divisions in one Big Tens league. I think they're they're going to be patient. I think they're going to wait for Notre Dame to ultimately make this decision. So the four teams, yeah. Notre Dame, Stanford, Stanford, Oregon, and Washington. Washington. That would make I think that's their that's their ideal situation. There you now, go. Now, I do think like North Carolina can make some sense if they were able to poach them from the ACC. So, you know, we'll see. What's going to be interesting is, you know, moving forward, you know, looking down the road, how this how betting will be, you know, when it comes to this, how the futures market will How be. does this affect college basketball? You know, like think about like, okay, all well, every sport's going to be affected by this, but, you know, talk about the landscape of college hoops now. Well, I, I'm very curious to see if we get to a point where the conference of champions well, is no more. If football <laughs> is just a different entity, because you can't completely separate from the NCAA if you're basketball, because March Madness is an NCAA. Mm-hmm. You know, sanctioned event, and that's where the money is made. It's the most watched event. It's obviously the most bet yeah. on event. I mean, it's 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 enormous. You don't need me to to reiterate that. So I don't I don't know what ultimately happens. Basketball is fascinating, and you know, it let, let's say hypothetically this Big Twelve rumor happens where it's Arizona, Arizona State go to the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve is a gauntlet. Yeah. If you add an Arizona man, holy crap! That is that is quite. The conference, when it comes to college hoops, we think about Kansas. Mm-hmm. We think about you know Texas with Chris Beer, Texas Tech with the way that they're playing right now. Oklahoma, uh, they bring in you know they, they seem to be on, on the up and up. So it is it is fascinating to see you know because it, it's all about football, football, football. But man, if the Big Twelve goes gets Arizona, Arizona State to bring in Arizona into that conference yeah. already with that loaded college basketball. Uh, landscape, only, it's really interesting. There's only one solution for college football, and I don't know if it'll ever happen, but college football, I've been saying it for years, needs a central governing body. Okay, they, There needs to be a college football commissioner that oversees everything. The conferences can be realigned. You can just have you know your, your divisions and whatnot. They all play towards an expanded playoffs that is run like the NCAA tournament is run in men's college basketball. But right now, the Football conferences have all the power and can do whatever they want. Remember during COVID, there was the idea that the SEC would just play their own season and crown their own champion, right? And forget about what the NCAA rules. Like the SEC is just going to do their own thing. So these conferences are, are basically running themselves. They have all the power, and it's one of the biggest issues surrounding college football. Yeah. Uh we can't deny it. Uh, it it's happening. Um, I, I don't love it. I mean, I, if if I had my way, I, I just I like the way you know these conferences were geographically. You know, we used to see unique matchups. I can't stop it, and mm-hmm. I'm still going to watch it. It's my favorite sport to watch. It's my favorite sport to bet. Uh, you know, you know, we will have the college football betting guide coming out later this month. I just I don't love it. You know. I think Notre Dame going to the Big Ten would actually be pretty cool uh, as a Notre Dame fan. But outside of that, like Oklahoma and the SEC, it's just gonna be it's gonna be bizarre to see. But and we, Texas, yeah. But we can't stop it. it it's uh, it's here. It's coming, and uh, we gotta we gotta adapt. We'll talk to Chris Andrews coming up 
top of the hour. We'll get his thoughts latest from behind the book. How was the 4th of July weekend uh, for the South Point? The nightcap here on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.